0: which are the names that you need to look out for as week one of the college football season comes hurtling toward us. We're going to tell you who we think is going to make an impact this season for Syracuse football. It's on Locked On Syracuse. It's right now.
1: Our Locked On Syracuse,
0: your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte Noah and Owen Valentine with you on this wonderful Thursday morning. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today uh, and this whole week, we've been talking Syracuse uh, football training camp last week, too, because training camp is exciting uh, and things are going on for Syracuse. If you haven't seen on Twitter or any website or our podcast, Training camp's been good. Uh, We've been learning a lot more about the team, who's good, who's maybe not so good, who's going to rise up through the depth chart. uh, And we're kind of getting a feel as to what the depth chart is starting to look like. But with that said, uh, I think that this year... Syracuse does have the most starters returning of any ACC school with 17 guys coming back, which is very exciting. But even that being said, I still think that some names starting on the depth chart might not be ones that you've seen before. So I think we should run through it. Uh, We'll go position by position group here, Uh, and, and not every single one, obviously, you know, some of the names everywhere, like Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader. But we're talking about the guys who you maybe don't know the names of that are going to make an impact this season, or at least we think so. Uh, So let's start at the quarterback position. Honestly, I don't think we're going to see anybody other than Garrett Schrader. Uh, But if we do, it's going to be Carlos Del Rio Wilson. So honestly, quarterback is probably the lamest one here because it's so solidified. So I say we just move right on to running back. Hope, I don't know if we're cool we, with that. Go, can we consider
1: quarterbacks? Go talk about Luke McPhail, man. Talk about him. No, I was just going to say, can we consider Garrett Schrader's passing game a possible breakout player? Oh,
0: ooh, look at that. Maybe uh, if you want to take that route, go ahead. I am not falling down that pit.
1: I don't. I am not saying it will be, but I'm just saying you know it, it could have had some room to be improved. There's a lot more passing, it seems, in Robert and I's offense. Who knows? Maybe the uh, the emergence of the Syracuse passing game could be something that we uh, we return to and talk about at the end of it. So I'm going to throw that in. Move to running backs. I think we're in agreement with the running back spot as who our who our maybe breakout guy could be behind Sean Tucker.
0: Uh, I like Juwan Price, who is the transfer from New Mexico State. He uh, Babers talked about him at the ACC Kick. I've talked about LaQuint Allen too because those are the two guys uh, that are behind Tucker and that everybody knows the name of Price. Uh, Redshirt transfer. He's a redshirt sophomore. It's technically his fourth season in college football uh, while LaQuint down a true freshman. I think Price could be good uh, behind Tucker because, you know, you've got... Look at what you had last year in, in the running back room you had Abdul Adams you had Jarvion Howard back and I don't think anybody expected those guys to be back after testing the NFL waters Um, they came back to Syracuse and realized that Sean Tucker had kind of just left them in the dust Uh, Markenzie Pierre was he still there I just love his name I wanted to say it Uh, anyway my point is it's a radically different room this year than it was last year Uh, and Juwan Price who actually played at New Mexico State last season Ran for nearly 700 yards, 10 touchdowns on the year in independent ball, which is actually like pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, he also caught the ball 26 times, 173 yards through the air. He's a multifaceted running back. Like People are sleeping on this guy because Tucker is the number one name, the 15th-ranked player coming back to college football, according to ESPN. And he deserves all the credit in the world. I'm just saying, do not sleep on Juwan Price because I think he's going to be a valuable back as the backup.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree in this one. Uh, I think you got to go with the experience here with Juwan Price. Uh, averaged five, five yards a carry last season. Uh, I also wouldn't be shocked to see him a little bit in the kick return game. Uh, he did some kick returning uh, with New Mexico State. Uh, did decent from what I'm reading and what I saw in that. So maybe you know, there's a little bit of a chance for for him to get his reps there. But I also see you know this as an opportunity for you know as much as I think people might say, give the ball to Sean Tucker every single play, every single down, let him do his thing. Uh, there are situations where you you know, might benefit from letting Sean take a breath uh, and, and throwing a guy in. And I think Juwan Price is going to be a candidate that will allow him to, to take some time, maybe take a snap or two and just stand on a bench, get some water, talk with somebody. Get some information in the certain situation, and then come right back out, and it's going to help Syracuse in the long run, keeping Sean's legs fresh uh, and maybe a little bit easier for him to uh, stay healthy.
0: Yeah, and a guy that I mean, a running back that actually has done something in price. Yeah, uh, who's a transfer? I mean, Abdul Adams transferred from what was it, Michigan State, Oklahoma? Was it Oklahoma? Was it? I think. Am I drawing a blank on Abdul? Uh, I'll look it up. But I think, uh, yeah. but my point is, like, yeah. he transferred from, from some big school. Was it Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Um, and then just came, and he hadn't done a ton there. Like, he had a couple, he played 10 games, whatever, but like, he wasn't special. Uh, I'm not saying Chuan Price is Barry Sanders, but I think I have some faith in him. Anyway, let's move to the offensive line for a second and talk about what we could see on the offensive line. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty chalky. I don't think you're going to see. A crazy amount. Next year is really the the flip year, uh, but you got your Bergerons, your Dakota Davises, veterellas and bleiches of the world that are going to be running things on the offensive line. Darius Tisdale in that mix as well. Uh, but I think there's room for Josh Iloa, Kalan Ellison, Enrique Cruz to really make their mark uh, in the snaps that the starters aren't on the field. This one, kind of like quarterback, though. We know those names. I don't know necessarily that there's somebody who's going to come out of the woodworks and be fantastic.
1: Yeah, Dino said he wants to get to his final seven. Uh, the way you were just talking, it could be a final eight. Uh, and I, I just think that there's, as you were saying, it's, it is pretty much chalk with the O-line right now. You sort of knew who and you know those names to look for coming into the year, and they've sort of you know, knock on wood, stayed healthy, looked apart, done what they were doing. Uh, it seems like they're rotating guys a lot so uh, that you're starting to see a little bit more, you know, diversity in terms of where guys can play. Uh, I want to say it might have been Dakota Davis, who they were saying has been really working through like three different positions on the O-line all through camp. Um, you know, it's tough to have an O-line stay healthy the entire year. So I think, as you were saying, with guys like Josh Eloa or Uh, a guy like Enrique Cruz, you could definitely see them in, you know, for a game or two or for some certain snaps or for a quarter, whatever it might be. Uh, I I think they both seem like they can sort of do the part. Uh, I know I've been hearing that like Matthew Bergeron is sort of taking Cruz under his wing. So that would help in terms of Enrique Cruz being able to jump in. I think they're both very capable. Obviously, you want those uh, those five guys that you sort of have come to expect going into this year to be healthy and be in there. But I don't think that's the end of the world, maybe if uh, you know, depending on who. Obviously, I look at Bergeron and, and think that's different than some of these other guys. Uh, but it might not be the end of the world if you know Iloa or Cruz or someone else has to jump in for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. So, O-line chalk. Uh, get to the receivers next, but right after this PSA break, don't drink and drive, people. It is bad. Okay, and I'm about to tell you why. You're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks. Few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You're thinking of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. Uh, The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why people, like that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. Drive sober or get pulled over. Uh, that's not all, though. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts local team experts and odyssey college football insiders it's everything you need to be ready for for the college football season in one spot search for ultimate college football preview on your odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts back here on locked on syracuse i'm matt bonaparte that my friend is owen valentine we're talking about the names you might not know already who are going to make an impact on syracuse's football season this year. We're going to the wide receivers right now. For me, the wide out room, maybe outside of the defensive line, is the weakest on the team, uh, which is why that makes it an exciting one to talk about for this episode because you actually might get to see some of these guys. Um, we know about guys like Arande Gats, and we saw him play. We didn't really get to see him play a lot last year, but we saw him play a little bit. I wasn't impressed, but some people are, hopefully, this time around. And maybe it proves me wrong. Um, the two guys I'm really excited to see this season is Isaiah Jones, one, if he can get healthy and then come back. He might get uh, some decent playing time. And then, two, the redshirt freshman, Umari Hatcher, number 17, uh, I'm looking for him to be making plays. This is a guy who was kind of hyped up in the recruiting process, a guy that Syracuse really wanted their hands on. They got him, a three-star, out of Woodbridge, Virginia. He's really fast. Um, he's 6'3", so he's got the body. Uh, he got offers from Indiana. He got offers from Penn State. I mean, this is this is a real player, and I'm just hoping that he can finally make – an impact this season, and with and a wide receiver room that's so thin, like uh, Syracuse is, with only three guys who you really know coming back in Courtney Jackson, Anthony Queeley, and Damian Alford. I think there's room for him.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I don't like that you bashed my pick in Arondé Gadsden before. I I'm not got an Arondé
0: guy, but I want him to prove me
1: wrong. You know, I I think. He sort of strikes me as the perfect candidate to possibly be a breakout guy, and that we saw him a little bit. Uh, and it seemed like he might have been starting to get a little bit going in the spring. And now, I believe, I think it might have been him in a video where Deuce Chestnut called him out and said, You know, you're getting all these reps because you don't quite have it. But I sort of took that as they're giving him these reps because. They might think he could be the answer and, you know, a guy that can come in. Uh, I I like what he can do. I think maybe mentally I might be too high on him, but I think that's what, you know, I'm looking for in a breakout player is someone that I might be overconfident in. And even if he's, you know, doesn't quite get to that level, I might be all right with it. But I do like Gadsden. I think he could possibly be that guy. Um, I look at these wide receivers. I think, you know, Isaiah Jones was definitely a candidate. Uh, We did see in Dino's presser this week that there's a chance that he's back week one, which is a good sign uh, because I think he can be a contributor. Uh, So I go between those two. Uh, Do I gamble on the guy that you bashed before we even talked about or the guy that's currently hurt? Didn't bash him.
0: Just said I I didn't have that much faith in him. Um, The other guy you got to think about, I think, is the transfer Demarcus Adams, who played at Florida State as well as Florida Atlantic. Uh, I think some people are getting hung up on the fact that uh, he played corner at FAU, mixed in with some wide out. Um, He could be a decent slot. And I'm not saying I'm expecting him to go out there and be like Sean Riley, but he's fast and he's small and he can move. And if he can catch the football, it doesn't really matter after that. Uh, So that's another guy to keep your eye on.
1: Look at that! I mean, a lot of uh, defensive ideas in there with Adams, and then uh, Dom Foster, right? Didn't Dom? T- so he gave the whole uh, "Hey Dino, I don't want to play corner anymore. Let me be a yeah, receiver." I and think so maybe he's been—I like don't know how well he's done at receiver, but he's still at receiver at this point, listed as a receiver. So he's doing enough to to stay involved in that conversation and not have the uh, the whole defense to offense switch written off, which I think could be. A good sign. I don't really think he'll play all too much this year, uh, but maybe moving forward, that could be something that happens. Still a fun story.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Do we have a tight um, end?
0: Tight end. Uh, I mean, that's such a weird position group this year because, like, Max Mang, it's like Max Mang or Stephen Mahar. I mean, Chris Elmore is going to be the first string guy, but I doubt anybody throws him a pass all year. So, Max Meng and Stephen Mahar are your guys, uh, but I don't think Syracuse has abandoned using the tight end. So I don't know how much I can offer you in terms of what the tight end room is going to do. Blockers.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really know.
0: So let's move to the defense. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Defense is thank a lot you. more exciting anyway. Um let's start on the defensive line, which is it's honestly the defensive line is fun because Everybody's an option because they're so thin. you have your three guys in Okachuku, Lockett and Linton at the at the front, but Jatius Gear is a guy that Stephen Bailey came on the pod uh, a few episodes ago and talked to us about uh potentially making a difference this season, which I think will probably be my pick here, but Elijah Fuentes Cundiff is also a name that might be doing, that. and he also men- or mentioned Dennis Jaquez Jr a uh, true freshman who could be making some kind of uh, difference. But, the I mean, this defensive line, anybody goes down and it's anybody's ball game, right? So, Jutia's gear and those other names I mentioned have a chance to make an impact, probably day one, because those guys can't play every snap. So, we're going to see how Syracuse attempts to defend against the run. Um, they're going to have to get creative, probably, because I don't know that they have the talent to do it. But, hey, maybe these guys come out and surprise everybody.
1: Yeah, I think I I see Jatias Gear as, as you were saying, that the guy that will most likely be your sort of breakout guy on the D-line. You know what you've got in terms of, you know, your three starters, but your three starters aren't getting through, you know, every snap by any means. And I think Gear, at least in, I think we agree on this in our eyes, is, you know, that first guy that's going to rotate in there and take some snaps. And I think that's what Stu Bailey was that, getting yeah. at as well. Uh, I remember when you know, he committed and, you know, you sort of get this idea. I, I was excited to see, you know, New a stuff. guy like him with decent size, right. Being able, and I think he's pretty mobile, honestly. Uh, I think he could be a presence in the backfield and someone that can, can sneak through a couple of times. And, you know, we might not be doing it every single play or every single game, but I think he might have some big moments where he is going to be able to use you know, his little bit of mobility uh, at a decent size to get into the backfield and, you know, get a running back in the backfield or maybe grab a sack here and there. I think he can definitely uh, be that guy that could be our breakout sort of D-lineman uh, and see where it goes from there.
0: And the offer sheet for him was incredibly impressive, but some decent teams in there. Georgia Tech, fellow ACC school, UCF, Memphis, Kansas State in there. Uh, so some decent teams looking for him. Uh, yeah. Liberty but uh, Syracuse ends up getting him uh, and maybe makes a uh, difference this season into the D-backs, because, I mean, the linebacking core, Makai Mason's probably your only guy. Um, I don't know how big you are on Anwar Sparrow and Leon Lowry, but Makai Mason's my guy there. Yeah, I hate agreeing,
1: but I I might have to. But also,
0: the, the new name, sorry that I cut you off just now. No, you can't. But the new name that people are talking about uh pretty much this week. And if you've been on Twitter, you might have seen it. Um Derek McDonald has been the new name that people are throwing in to the linebacking core. Guys wearing number eighty one, and uh, he's rocking a haircut straight out of the 70s. But he he's looking like a player who uh who might be making a difference. He's a red shirt freshman, appeared in two games last year, uh one at NC State, but it was a red shirt. Uh he, I think he could be making a, a bit of a difference here as well. 6'4, 225. So he's a big guy. Uh, and maybe trying to take the reins from this linebacking group after guys like Michael Jones, Stefan Thompson, uh, and Marlowe Wax Now, you might be thinking, I kind of know that name but I don't know why, and maybe it's because he's wearing number 81. This guy was recruited as a tight end but is now listed as a linebacker, so he, like Dom Foster, has made the switch from one side of the ball to the other, and I think uh, with a body like a tight end, you could probably make a pretty darn good linebacker. He's put on about 20 pounds since he got to Syracuse. He was 6'4", 200-pound tight end uh, when he got there and now put on about 20 more pounds, and he's a linebacker.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm scrolling Twitter right now looking for a little bit of footage on him. And it's, it's funny to sort of see, you know, I'm watching early camp videos and a little bit of progression and just sort of him, you know, getting completely used to it and a little bit more comfortable. But I definitely like, you know, him putting on a little bit of size and switching over. And I think that mindset definitely helps, uh, you know, the two-way mindset and to be able to have the insights from one side of the ball, bring him to the other side definitely helps. Uh, I would be interested to see what he ends up doing this year. You know, is he going to be able to do enough to be a guy that's getting in there a decent amount, or is he just going to be in and sort of, you know, lesser situations and lesser snaps? I don't exactly know, but I I like, you know, what I'm seeing uh, in a couple of videos that I've scrolled and seen. uh, And maybe he could, you know, if, you know, an unfortunate situation ends up happening, start getting an enhanced role or an elevated role. But as of now, Uh, I do like the growth and sort of it seems like he is picking things up a little bit and having that transition, but I don't know exactly where uh, everything will end up for him.
0: Cool. Um, To the D-backs, you've got a lot of names here. Uh, And we talked about yesterday, a couple of the guys who might be taking over if guys like Jason Simmons don't play. Talked about Braylon Oliver and Elijah Clark, Elijah Clark. Uh, for YouTube viewers, yesterday I talked about his money chain that he was wearing in his Qs.com picture. I'll flash it it's all on the screen. I mean, look at this guy. I already love him. He's already the man. He reminds me of Paris Ford, uh, the safety from Pitt from like two years ago. Just the swagger that he carries. It's awesome. Um, okay, but the guy that, that now it is fantastic. The guy that today, and we're recording this on Wednesday, so today is yesterday for the listeners. Um, that has been making headlines or at least Twitter headlines is uh, Jeremiah Wilson, who everybody is talking about. Dino talked about him uh, in his press conference from a couple days ago and said that he's one guy who's climbing up the rungs in the depth chart already. So he's fantastic. And we saw a great video from Stephen Bailey's Twitter account. Uh, of a one handed interception. I'm, I apologize for audio listeners, but I just have to play it for the YouTube watchers because it's so good. So let's take a look. That gets better yeah. every time I watch it. It is so good. And he gets yes. both feet in the end zone. Like It's fantastic. For the audio listeners, if you haven't seen it, uh, basically Carlos Del Rio Wilson throws a fade to his receiver on the right side of the field that Jeremiah Wilson is covering. He stays on him the whole time and then just jumps up and absolutely Odell Beckham Jr. is the ball out of the air. He yeah. keeps both feet in the end zone. It, it, it's an, It's an immaculate play. And it's uh, it's so, by no
1: means, by no means a bad throw either. Just no, it's fantastic. Play. He's
0: great. Uh, so I love that from Jeremiah Wilson. Hopefully we see him a little bit. I was saying before the podcast, oh, and I wish he was like a defensive lineman instead or like a put like not a D back. They don't need D backs. Yeah. They need D lineman. Uh, so or wide receivers or something. So no, with hands uh, like that, maybe I was about to say, maybe he makes the switch just like McDonald and Foster did. Uh, no, but uh, perhaps
1: but not. I've been seeing, hearing a lot uh, today, last 24 hours. I've seen his name come up in, you know, a ton of things that I'm reading, listening, whatever it might be. I know in press or the press conference, Babers was saying how, you know, he was just consistently picking the ball off uh, in practice, in scrimmage, in whatever it might be. Uh, he He's going to be good. And I, I like to say this is. You know, the next generation of DBU at this point, right? Get him in there. They'll figure some things out. He'll get some snaps this year. He'll play the – you know, I don't think he's not playing. He's going to be in the game. You'll see him. Uh, and then next year slots into an elevated role. I I think this is the guy that you're going to start to see sprinkles of this year. Uh, but unfortunately for him, you know, being behind Garrett and Deuce, you're not going to see – as much time as if you were in another position group, as you were saying, but you're going to see the, uh, the sprinkles. You're going to see the flash uh, and you're going to be excited for maybe this is the, I don't know, we're, we're cracking the curtains open. You can kind of see him this year. Maybe this is a premature breakout year. Cause it might be the, uh, the 2023 season, full breakout year for Jeremiah Wilson.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and he kind of gets the same treatment that like Garrett Williams did, uh, in the 2020 season where he kind of got to play behind Trill Williams and Andre Sisco and Afatou Melafonwu And not only did he get to learn a lot from those guys, but he also in turn didn't have to cover the most difficult receivers to cover. So when Afatou Melafonwu was locking down Joseph and Gata against Clemson or whatever, they had to throw towards Garrett Williams. And a lot of times uh, those were picks. So
1: picked off Trevor maybe, Lawrence, didn't
0: he? He did. He did. So maybe that turns into something uh, for Jeremiah Wilson. But, yeah, uh, our final point here, we're going to special teams. I'm just going to like this says you don't have to if you don't have anybody, you don't have to chime in. I just I am making a campaign for oh. Max von Marburg. I would like him to be the punter. Uh, and some people are saying, Matt, is it because he's from somewhere called Wagga Wagga? Yeah. All right. It is. And I think that's cool. Um, he's from New South Wales, Australia. Went to St Mary Macalop College's Wagga. Come on! Oh my! You're telling me they don't teach punting in Wagga Wagga? I love this guy, and I'd like him to punt. Also, James Williams. If you can't get it done, man, I mean, I was, we all saw what happened last year. He was putting the ball backwards. He was putting the ball sideways. The man could not get the job done. Uh, please, Dino, no more specialty punts. Just kick the ball on the other side of the field um yes i don't know if you've easy. got somebody but that's all i got
1: if i've got somebody in the punter unit that is my breakout there yeah. no okay. no i don't i don't have anyone else
0: <laughs> well let me read this ad real quick because i forgot about it betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including mlb nfl NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, and with that said, we bid you adieu. So, thank you for making Locked On Syracuse. Your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That's Locked On ACC. Owen and I will see you tomorrow where we get closer and closer to hopefully a depth chart and maybe we just maybe get an interview for you tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. See ya.